Good morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? Awesome. Who doesn't love some like Taylor Swift shake it off to, to get started there? If you don't know what that is, uh, listen to the radio. Um, it's on like every other song. Anyways, hey, my name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad that you're with us. We're beginning a brand new series today called Change for Good. And, and, and I really believe that this is going to be a great series. We just got done talking over the last couple weeks about the vision and mission of our church. And uh, can we just give it up for Shayla last week? We got like... Uh, we had so many people emailing in and different things, just just being so raw and vulnerable. If you missed last week, I'd encourage you to go to our website, check it out, watch the video, listen to the podcast. It, it, it will absolutely blow your mind. But I love the new year. I love new beginnings. Uh, I, I, I kind of waited to do this series a little bit further in the year because I know at the beginning of the year, lots of people like to make resolutions. They like to make these ideas of like, hey, this is going to be the year that I'm going to change and I'm going to change for good, not just like be better but change forever. And so we start off with all these ideas and all of these concepts of how this life is going to be different. And, and I know for me, I started with some ideas of how I wanted this life to be different. And we are in February now, and I've already like screwed up on all of those resolutions. Anybody else there with me? You know what I'm saying? Like you put some, you put some, you have some ideas of like, this is how this year is going to be. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be unbelievable. I'm going to start the first day of the year. I'm going to start working out. And then the second day comes, and you've never seen the gym since then. You know what I'm saying? And, and I don't know why, but for some reason, we all kind of start out with these really, really great intentions. Um, and then everything just kind of fall apart because we have great intentions about getting our health under control and eating better and exercising. Some of us have some great intentions about getting control of our schedule and so that our work isn't dominating our life or activities aren't dominating our lives, but getting the priorities straightened out and making sure the right things are happening at the right time and that's happening. Some of us are, are trying to make sure that we're spending enough time with family this year instead of letting the chaos of life dictate what's happening. Some of us have been trying to get our eating habits under control. And we start off with all these good intentions. And, and I don't know about you, but every time I try to make changes in my life, usually what happens is I look for somebody that's already really, really successful in that area. And so like this year, I, I said to myself, you know what? I like to get stronger. I like to get bigger. And, and so I looked at Terry and I noticed that Terry, if you don't know who Pastor Terry is, like he's kind of enormous. Um, not in like he's big, like uh, overweight, but like he's just jacked. Like, he goes and picks up 500, 600, 700 pounds for fun. I don't know anybody else that does that. And so I'm like, oh, man, that would be somebody good to look at. And, you know, I'm trying to get in shape. Um, last time I checked, like, uh, an hourglass figure for a guy is not a good shape. We were talking about this yesterday at our offices. I was like, man, I love skinny jeans, but then I have, like, the biggest muffin top, and that's just not cool. Like, that doesn't make the skinny part down below look good up top. It just enhances the ugliness up here. And so, you know, and, and so I look for people that are really, really successful. But then when I start looking at Terry, I go, man, I would have to make some super massive changes in order to look like that, in order to be able to pick up that weight. Like I can barely pick up 250 pounds right there now. There's no way I could jump to six or 700 pounds. They're like, that is just so unattainable. Like that is just so beyond. And, and, and so I look at that and I go, you know what? I'm just not going to do anything. And maybe y'all kind of feel me on that. We, we look around and we go, man, I'd love to do that. And then we look for somebody who's already there and we go, man, I could never do that. Like that's just too much, too far, too big 
for me to make that change. And, and this series today, what we're going to do is I'm going to kind of set the tone for the rest of this series uh, of, of what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. And so we're not going to answer everything today. We're going to set you up for the answers that are going to follow over the next couple of weeks. But the theme of the series is, and the idea behind this is we want to change for good. And, and I put, this is kind of the big idea in your message notes today, if you want to take those out and follow along with us. Um, and this is what I've learned. It's often the small things that no one sees that lead us to the big changes, that lead us to the big results that everyone else wants in life. It's often the small things that nobody sees that we do in our lives that lead us to the massive changes, the big things that everybody else wants in their life. And, and let me just kind of explain this because I, I think about it like this. It's often the small tweaks that we'd be willing to make that'll take us to giant peaks in life. It's just the small things. And, and so many times we look at things and we see how big and how enormous they are. And we think those things are overwhelming. But if we would just make some small changes. And as you look at people that are successful, as you look at people who have accomplished the things that you want in your life that seem so insurmountable to you at this moment because they've been doing it for decades, what you'll find and what you'll come to realize isn't that they're doing things massively different than you are right now. They just have some small little adjustments to their life that are a little bit different than yours. And over time, those small little adjustments add up to something that seems really, really enormous to you. And let me just, let me kind of just give you some examples uh, of some people. There's a guy named Brother Larry. He's actually my pastor's pastor. He pastored a church called um, Bethany World Prayer Center in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And, and, and Pastor Larry, Brother Larry, he's called Brother Larry now. Um, but Brother Larry is one of the most incredible people I've ever met in my life. He could stand up on this stage and you could just yell out a chapter of the Bible. And he would look at you and he would probably start quoting that chapter. Or he could tell you exactly what's going on in that chapter. You'd be like... Zechariah chapter 3, and he'd be like, oh, that's talking about, you know, rebuilding the temple through Zerubbabel. And you'd be like, Malachi chapter 2, he'd be like, that's talking about trusting God and putting his finances first. And you're like, man, how in the world did you get to that point? Like, that is ridiculous. There's no way that I could, like, that's something I want in my life. I want somebody, you know, I know that this is my profession, but I want to be able to know exactly where everything is. So when somebody goes, man, this is what I'm dealing with. I'm like, man, Matthew chapter 24 talks about that. This is what God says right there. And I look at that and it seems so overwhelming to me. It seems like that's an impossible task. But what I failed to realize is that for the last three or four decades, something that Pastor Larry has done every single year is he's done a one-year reading plan through his Bible. And what he did is he said, man, every day I would take 10 to 15 minutes and I'd read a couple chapters of the Bible and by the end of the year I'd read through the entire Bible. And you combine that over years and years and years and pretty soon, man, those things are coming to your mind. Not a huge change in life, it's 15 minutes a day, but massive results. Massive impact. Life-changing impact. I, I think about uh, something that I've done in my life. I look around and I see really, really smart people. I'm not a very educated person. You'll find that out if you hang out here very long. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of ghetto. I'm hood. But I'm always looking around and I see smart people. I see people that are like brilliant. They have PhDs. They, they understand really, really big words. I don't have a great vocabulary. And, and so I started going, man, I want to be more intelligent. I want to have a greater plethora of things that I can pull out of my arsenal when I'm having conversations, when I'm having things. Uh, talks with people. And so one of the things that I realized is that, man, if I'm going to get smarter, I'm going to have to read a lo whole lot more. 
And, and, and so if I'm going to have to read a whole lot more, I'm going to have to dedicate more of my time to that. And so what I started doing is I got a Kindle on my phone. And everywhere I go when I'm waiting for an appointment, you know what I'm doing? Instead of sitting around doing nothing or checking out Facebook or liking things on Instagram or taking selfies like y'all jokers do, uh, I take out my phone and I open up my Kindle and I read a book. It might be three minutes, it might be 13 minutes, it might be 20 minutes waiting for the next thing. But I'm not going to waste my time in life. I'm going to use my time to enhance my knowledge. Small tweaks, big result. Same thing with, with health. Uh, you know, uh, a couple months ago, um, I started, I was, I was sitting, I went home one day, and I looked in the mirror, and I real, realized I was fat and overweight. Uh, and it, it, I don't, don't raise your hands, but you, anybody ever had that realization? You, like, in your mind, you're legendary, but in the mirror is reality. <laughs> and the mirror doesn't lie. That's the unfortunate, I can lie to me, but the mirror never lies back to me. Like, it's always telling me the truth. And I looked in there, and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm way over my target weight, like, of where I should be, and, and I, I made a small adjustment, and because and, here's the deal, like, I'm like most Americans, um, that I eat for fun naturally. Anybody else with me on that? Like, eating for fun. Eating for fun is the downfall of America. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, when I'm bored, what do I do? I go grab a Twinkie. Like, that's natural. Or a piece of bacon. Thank goodness for bacon. Um... And so I would just eat for fun. Like when I'm bored, I'd go eat. If nothing's going on, I'd go eat. I'd always be snacking. And the unfortunate thing is, is that because I ate for fun, it was really, really messing up my metabolism. It was messing up my weight. And so I made this subtle shift in my life that I started eating for fuel instead of eating for fun. And so I started watching what I was eating and started making some, dip, some choices that were going to be, hey, I'm not going to eat for fun anymore. I'm going to eat for fuel, which means that I'm going to have to eat differently. I'm going to have to eat raw fruits and vegetables and, and lots of steak because I, I believe in paleo. And so uh, no, no vegan vegetarian junk here anymore. I tried that. It's for the birds. We can leave it to them. And so... Uh, <laughs> I'm so offending so many people right now. It's okay. All, all the meat eaters are like, praise the Lord. He's not that stupid vegetarian crap anymore. And, and so, and, and, and I drink for fuel Starbucks. You know, you got to have, you know, like that's from Jesus. That's Jesus's nectar from heaven. Like it's like God came down and just kissed earth when he gave us coffee. And so, uh, and so we, and it's not like, hey, I didn't have to make massive choices. I made a few small choices and, and right away I dropped like 30 pounds. Just making some small choices that ended up being huge results. I found this statistic that said that the average person um, puts on their New Year's resolution list an item 10 years or more, or they give up after 10 years and never complete that resolution. That's a sad thing. And it's not that we have to make huge changes, it's the small tweaks that lead us to giant peaks. And so we're going to be looking at a story in Zechariah chapter 4 today. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Zechariah chapter 4, it's in the Old Testament. If you don't have a, te a Bible, you can look on the, the worship screen or you can look in your worship God. I'd love for you guys to follow along. And while you're finding your way there, let me give you a backstory of what's happening. Um, basically what's happening is the nation of Israel has been taken over by the Babylonians. They've been taken to Babylon. Jerusalem is in ruins. Um, it's been utterly destroyed. And so what's happening is, is there's a guy named Zechariah and he's been commissioned 
positioned to be able to go back and forth between Babylon and Jerusalem. And so he's traveling back and forth, and, and he feels like there is this thing from God that he is to go and to rebuild the temple. The temple's where back, excuse me, back in the Old Testament, the, the presence of God would be inside the temple. That's where the Jews would go to worship God. And so he, he's believing that he's supposed to rebuild this temple. And so we pick up this story in Zechariah chapter 4. Verses 6 through 10. And it starts like this. It says, This is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Now, I want to stop right there because this is a huge point. Because what he's saying for all of us that need to make some change in our life is he's saying it doesn't matter how hard you try. It doesn't matter how much willpower you have. Like, those are good things. Those are necessary things. But you're not going to accomplish everything you need to accomplish by just having some more discipline in your life by just having some more willpower in your life. You're going to need something greater than that. You're going to need the spirit and the presence and the power of God in your life. You're going to need that to empower you. That's what makes a Christ follower different than any other person is that you don't have to try to do this on your own, but you can be empowered by God's spirit and God will give you the power and the authority and everything you need to overcome any obstacle that you have in your life. That's what makes it so powerful. That's why we spend the first part of our year. We encourage you guys to fast and to pray and to seek God, to get God's power in your life so you can move forward and overcome the things that have held you back in the past. And so we recognize that we can't do it by might, we can't do it by power, but we've got to be fully reliant on the power of God. It goes on to say, nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone in the temple place, the people will out. May God bless it. May God bless it. Now, when you read that, you think, man, I just got to rely on God. That's all I got to do. I don't have to do anything. I just got to trust God and God's going to take care of it all. But that's why it continues in verse 8. It says, then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple and he will complete it. Says, and he will complete it. And, and when I first read that, I was like, like, why in the world would God have to say, Zerubbabel is going to start it, but he's also going to finish it. And I think the reason that God had to put that message out there was because a lot of times we have a great start to something, but very often in the middle of our start, we give up on the dream. We give up on the change when it gets hard, when it gets discouraging, when we're not seeing the progress that we want to see. All of a sudden, instead of continuing to press forward, we fall back into our old ways and our old habits. And that's exactly what had happened to Zerubbabel. He had been sent there. They started rebuilding the temple. And all of a sudden, opposition came against him. All of a sudden, um, his, his team of people that were helping him build. If you look in the book of Ezra, it tells a lot of this story. All of a sudden, his team started falling apart. And for 14 years, there was no construction happening on the temple. Like they got, they got discouraged and they got dismayed and they abandoned the dream that God put in their heart. They abandoned the change that they were supposed to be making with their life. And what happens for so many of us is that we start making some progress and then that, it gets tough. It gets hard. And instead of continuing forward, what do we do? We give up right away. And he says, don't be discouraged. Don't give up. You who started it, if you will get back into it, you will complete it. Because a lot of times, changes don't happen instantaneously in our lives. He goes on to say, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. 
the small tweaks that take us to the giant peaks. And this is the thing. When we start changing, you know what? God is rejoicing with us, man. God is jacked up. He is encouraged. He's on fire about it. He's like, man, they're finally getting this far, finally starting to move forward in the purpose and the plans that I have for them. And he's excited and he's pushing us and he's believing that we're going to do some great things. And he's saying, man, go and start laying those first stones. Go and start putting those first stones down of the change that you want in your life. And don't get discouraged when you're not seeing the walls completely built when you've laid 10 stones. Don't give up in that moment. Don't give up when you go to the gym for the first time and you can't walk for the next seven days. Get back up. Don't, don't go, well, I'll go every other day because you can't move. And then by like the seventh day, you're like, you just look in the mirror and say, I look good anyways. I don't need to go. Don't do that. Keep going. Don't despise the small beginnings. Don't despise going and picking up the five-pound dumbbell. Don't despise eating that first carrot. Don't despise saying no to your boss so you can go spend time with your kids at their soccer game. Don't despise it. Man, I remember when Shayla and I moved to South Florida almost... Gosh, it's almost six years now when we moved here. And, and I remember we had this dream of a church. And, and uh, we just had a dream of a church. And we knew no one. And we were like, man, we're going to build this great church that's going to impact our community. And we started having these meetings. And we started inviting every single person we ran into. And I can remember being at some of these meetings. And like 10 people would show up. And we're like, there's no way this is going to work. 10 people, no matter how small I make the room, 10 people just never going to feel full. Like it's never like. I, and I don't even know why these 10 people are showing up besides the fact that we're giving them food every week and I'm trying to give a good Bible study and I don't even think they care about the Bible study. I don't even know if they believe in what we're doing. I don't know if I believe in what I'm doing. But I'm like, man, I, but this is what I know. You'll never lay the last stone until you put the first stone down. And I look at us today where we're uh, multiple services here, another campus in Pompano Beach, and have dreams for even more things that, that man, we cannot despise the small beginnings. If we would have just looked at our situation after our first year, we would have said, man, this is never going to work. But instead, we kept pressing on. We set, kept moving forward, and we said, man, we're going to make it one life at a time. We're going to change one life at a time. And as we build on each life, man, it's going to make a difference in the next person's life. Don't despise your small beginnings. You have to be persistent. And so in this series, there's going to be a few areas that we're going to focus on. And I really believe it's going to come down to this whole thought because this is what I know. Whatever you think in your life determines what you say. And what you say in your life determines the actions that you take. And the actions that you start taking in your life determine your habits. And your habits will eventually determine your destiny. And so it all starts with what's going on inside of us and what's happening inside of us. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about our thoughts. We're going to talk about our words. We're going to talk about our habits. We're going to talk about our relationships. And we're going to talk about how if we start making some small tweaks in each one of these areas, how we can end up at the giant peaks that God has for each and every one of our lives. But it's going to take some determination. It's going to take some focus. And so today we're going to kind of boil down and we're going to start thinking about how do we get this focused life? How 
how do we put some things in place that will help us focus us in on this direction of how do I make the change that I need in my life so that it's for good, that it's forever, and so that it's for a positive way in my life. Because every time I study this, the Bible, every time I study business leaders, if you look at all the great business leaders, if you look at all the great people in the Bible, they all had a singular focus in their life. They were determined to do something, and that singular determination, that focused life led them to do great things. And I believe that God has got great purposes and great plans for every single one of us, but so many times we're so scattered trying to do everything, and we just need to focus in and allow us to do something in particular. One thing that God has for us for this year. Man, if we'll make one change, it'll take us to places we've never experienced before in our lives. It's one of the reasons why as a church we don't do 487 different ministries. We don't have men's women's ministry. We don't have women's ministry. We don't do all of that stuff. We do a couple of things and we're just focusing them. And we're saying we're going to do these things really, really well. And I believe that one of the reasons we're able to do that is because personally and as a church, every year, Shayla and I, man, we sit down and we say, God, we're going to seek you. We're going to seek you with all of our heart. God, we need to get a word from you because I believe one word from God is better than 10,000 words from people. And if I can get a word from God, I can grab hold of that and I can run to that because I know that that's truth and that will always bring freedom to my life. And this is what I know is that God wants every single one of us to get a word from him. He wants our singular focus, first and foremost, foremost to be focused 100% on him. That's why David said in Psalms 27.4, the one thing I ask for the Lord, the thing that I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He said, man, more than anything else in life, more than anything I can desire, the one thing that I want, the singular focus of my life has got to be focused number one on God. And you think about David's life. David was like, of all the people, you, he was a, a liar, a cheater. He was a murderer. He was an adulterer. He just, he, he, his family, his kids tried to overthrow his kingdom. His kids slept with his wives. I mean, he had a jagged up family life. It's kind of like some of y'all. You know, you got some issues, you got some problems. But even in the midst of all that, he had this singular focus that, man, man, I'm going to pursue God with everything that I have. And in spite of everything that he did wrong, the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. That should give a lot of us hope. Because he had this singular focus and he knew that the one thing in his life that he had to have was, man, I want to know God and I want to know God better. Because the one thing that he had going for him is that he had his priorities right. He was prioritized in his life. And if we're going to have a singular focus in life, man, we've got to get our priorities straightened out. Man, we've got we've to determine that this year that we're going to have some singular focus in some different areas. And maybe for some of you, you're going to have to shift some priorities in your life. That might mean, man, this is going to be the year that I'm going to seek God first. That I'm going to make him a priority in my life, which means that I'm not going to come to church once every six weeks. I'm going to start making that a, day, a weekly habit. I'm going to open up God's word and I'm going to read something every single day. I'm going to pray to God. You're going to make a small tweak that's going to lead you to a giant peak. Maybe for others of you, it's, it's reorganizing your calendar around the things that matter most, like your family and your relationships, rather than around your work and your career. Maybe for others of you, it's, it's setting aside some time to exercise every day because you don't want to continue down the same path that you've been on. 
is getting some priorities right. And our priorities are based on what's happening in our life. Maybe some of you guys have really, really healthy relationships. You don't need to do that. Maybe you do need to focus on your career and your work for the first time ever. But we have got to determine to get our priorities right. And when we start to focus on that, man, things change. I love what Paul said in Philippians 3.13. I do one thing. I forget everything that is behind me and look forward to that which is ahead of me. Paul said, man, I'm going to put all of my energy into moving forward. And what that means is that I'm not going to continue to hold on to what's behind me. And for some of us today, the thing that we need to start doing in our life is instead of moving forward and trying to push forward while holding on to the stuff behind us, we have got to let go of some things. We've got to get our priorities straight, but at the same time, we've got to let go of what's happening in our lives. And we've got to say, you know what? I'm not going to continue to hold on to the past. I'm not going to continue to hold on to the things that have kept me back and held me down. But I'm going to let go of those and I'm going to move forward. What happened in 2014 shouldn't impact all of 2015. Some of us have had some hurt. Some of us have had some pain. Some of us have had some different things go on in our lives. And this is a time that we need to let go because that next verse says, because I'm going after the prize. It's not in your notes, so you just have to trust me on that. God's got a prize for you this year. Getting your priorities in focus. Letting go of the past. Letting go of the own failures and mistakes. And we've got to remember that it's not going to be by your might or by your power, but it's going to be by God's spirit. This is a spiritual thing. It's allowing God to do some healing in your life. It's allowing yourself to be vulnerable, maybe with some other people. It says when we confess our sins one to another, that we find healing. And we've got to constantly be pursuing that one thing that God wants to do in our life to help us Make some decisions that are going to get us towards this focused life. Maybe for some of us, it, it isn't something uh, that we, we physically have to do. Maybe we're more like Mary and Martha. And, and you've heard that story. Jesus was diverted off to a path to hang out with some friends. And he showed up. And, 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 and Mary sat at Jesus' feet and hung out with him. And Martha was working away in the kitchen, man. She's like, I've guessed. I've got to clean the house. Got to get some food. And I'm sure Martha was pretty upset. I'm sure she was giving her, like, the rolling eyes to her sister and be like, hey, why don't you come in here and help me get a little frustrated? And she's getting a little ticked off because she's so busy doing so much stuff. And she goes, Jesus, aren't you going to do something? And he goes, there's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. You're going to hear me on this. So many times, so much of what we are doing is we're doing something for Jesus or we're doing something for people and we miss out on the opportunity to be in relationship with Jesus or with people. We get so focused on activity that we miss the most important thing, which is the opportunity to know somebody and to be known by somebody. And God is constantly pointing out that for a lot of us, what we need to do in our life is we just need to slow down. We need to stop the busyness and the craziness and say, you know what, I'm going I'm to I'm slow down a little bit and I'm going to recognize what's happening around me and the people that are surrounding me. For some of us, that means that we got to stop doing everything. We got to stop saying yes to everything because every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to someone else or something else. We need to start saying yes to the right things. 
Or maybe you're out there today and your life is like the rich young ruler where you've had everything and you're following all of God's commands. Like loving God and loving people and you say, man, what else do I have to do? And, and I love that Jesus is, loves people enough that he tells us the truth. And he says, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done. He told him, go and sell all of your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. And the Bible says, and the man went away sad. He was sad because he missed an opportunity. He was sad because there was one thing that he was still holding on to, and that was his stuff. See, God isn't this God that's all about, I can have Jesus plus this and plus that. No, no, no. It's, it's Jesus plus nothing. And what happens for so many of us is that, man, we're, we're surrendered in majority of our life to God. But there's still something we're holding back and we're saying, God, you can have everything but this little thing. And maybe this is the year that we need to surrender those things. That we need to surrender that addiction. That we need to surrender maybe some of those relationships that we're in that aren't very healthy. And say, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you to bring me some new relationships. Maybe this is the year that you need, to, you need to surrender trying to be right all the time in your relationship. And say, God, man, I'm going to trust you to make the change in that person. Maybe this is the year that you surrender your life to Jesus and say, man, God, I'm going to put you first in everything. Whatever he calls you to do, man, do it. And so this week is going to be a little bit different. I actually am going to give you some homework. I know that you're not supposed to get homework in church, but I'm going to give you some. And... Uh, so, like, there's something for you to do. Don't just come to church and just go, oh, that was good, or oh, that really sucked, and then leave and come back the next week. I want you to do something this week. Um, and so, I have some homework for you, um, because I really believe that God wants to do something in your life. And so, in your notes, I, I put in there, your one word is, with two dots and a line. And this is what I know, is that if you start seeking God, if you start running after God, and you say, God, I want to get a word from you. Like, I want to hear your voice. I want to know what you're saying to me. I want to know what to be expecting. What, what is it that you want to do in my life? Because we all know that there's some things that God wants to do in our lives. Just are we seeking him to find out what that is? And if we'll see God, I believe that God will show up and he'll speak to you. I, in fact, last year, the word that God gave me was the word change. And I was like, oh man, he's going to give me money. You know, change. And uh, no, that wasn't what he was going to give me. He said change. And that just meant he was going to flip my life upside down. Like everything changed. But when things started changing, you know what? I was ready for it. Because God had already spoken to me. And as things started changing, I started embracing those changes rather than fighting them. And I started seeing God move in the midst of that. God's given me a word for this year. I won't share it this week. I'll share it another week. But it's awesome. Like, I'm excited about my word. I hope that you'll get excited about your word. And this is what I know. There's a second place there that says, your verse is. Because this is what I know is that when God gives you a word, he'll always val validate it through his word. And so, go to Google. This is a great time to use Google. Look up that word and say, what Bible verses talk about this? 
Like, if you don't know anything about the Bible, go look. Go find a couple verses. Find the one that fits you and say, God, I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to find a verse that validates what you're saying to me. Because if there's nothing that validates what he's saying to you, that's just the bad pizza you ate last night. (laughs) So, get a word from the word and watch God move in your life. And I know that this is going to be a little bit of a different process for some of you guys, but I believe if you do this, man, God will speak to you. And maybe it's not something really great and profound, but remember this, do not despise small beginnings. Don't despise them. Because it's the small tweaks that lead us to the giant peaks, that take us to the places where everyone wants to be because they're doing the small things in their life. I love what Matthew 25, 21 says. It says, because you were loyal with the small things, I will let you care for much greater things. Come and share my joy with me. When we're faithful with God to go and do the little things, man, who always provides other ways for greater things to come. And I believe that greater things are coming our way this year. I believe that, man, there's gonna be some change that is gonna be so good for your life. But are you willing to do some small things to see that change happen? Are you willing to make some small tweaks in your life so you can experience the highest peaks with God? And I'm going to tell you what, there is no better height, there's no better peak than a peak with God. Let's pray. God, we just come before you and we just thank you for today. God, I know that this isn't one of those messages that's like, man, going to make you run and storm the gates of hell with a water gun. But God, this is what I know is that you are speaking to each and every one of us. That you're trying to communicate with us every single day. And that you want us to know that you're with us and that you are for us and that you love us. And there are some major changes that you want to do in our life. And they seem overwhelming to us, but it's going to start with some small things. God, I pray that as we seek you, God, that we would, we would run to you and we would run after you until we get a word from you. God, and that you would confirm that word in our hearts through your scripture, God that we would immerse ourselves in your presence, God, and you would forever change us. God, thank you for what you're going to do inside of our church. God, I I can't wait to see the change that's going to take place and how it's going to be good and how it's going to transform lives. God, thank you for what you're doing in this place. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.